1: For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com.
0: Namaste, yogis. This is Andrew Seeley here to welcome you to the Yoga Revealed podcast. I am so excited to reveal this episode to you. Today, I have the tantra yoga expert and world-renowned sex coach, psalm isadora on the podcast not only is she deep rooted in her tantric lineage of yoga but she is also a well-practiced relationship coach whose empowering yet controversial teachings have been featured in popular publications such as playboy magazine and yoga journal psalm aims to empower women and men to overcome trauma and find sexual healing through clear communication and true self acceptance.
1: So, even the people who caused us, I think, our greatest harms are sometimes the person who made us into superheroes.
0: Tap into the wisdom of Tantra healing with self love as Psalm shows us the path found when we rise above on this outstanding yet uniquely exciting episode of the Yoga Revealed podcast with Psalm Isadora. Namaste, yogis. Thank you guys again for joining us for another absolutely amazing episode of the Yoga Revealed podcast. I have the pleasure, yes, I said the pleasure, of sitting here with Psalm Isadora, the absolutely wonderful yogi who's actually a sex expert.
1: Yes. And not only a sex expert,
0: but she's a worldwide personality known for her TV presence, known for her coaching and known for women's empowerment and Mm -hmm. teaching people about pussy power.
1: You know, so pussy power, (laughs) I think is fundamental to -hmm. the evolution and the spiritual shift Mm -hmm. in our culture. So if you have an audience that's already yogis, Mm -hmm. um, yoga was my, yoga was the thing that saved my life. So, what a lot of people don't know about me, I say I'm a sex expert. And everybody has, I think, all these assumptions right away. Oh, what's a sex expert? Mm -hmm. Or they're curious. Um, When I say that to like men, you know, at a convention or a bar, I see their eyes light up and I'm like, no, I'm not going to have sex with you. (laughs) Like, that doesn't mean I'm easy. Exactly. So then I say, well, the reason I became a sex expert is because I had sexual abuse. Mm. So I had to go on a path to find a way to heal myself. And yoga was the first thing that helped me to kind of mend the brokenness, I think, of my body. Um, Because my body, at that point, had been the thing um, that had been abused and betrayed sexually. Mm -hmm. So having a female body that was sensual, that was sexual, and being a sexual person had been very harmful to me. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know how to navigate moving in a world as a sexual female um, without, you know, without sexual violence, without being called a slut, without being called a whore, without, you know, all these things that I'd grown up with because I came from a very Christian background. Wow. But there was such an inherent hypocrisy because I grew up on this like very Christian, it was actually a cult, like wearing a bonnet, full Waco style, like in a log cabin. Where did you grow up? Um, Northern California. I grew up in Mendocino in a log cabin, no electricity, no running water. And so that was very extreme. And then in that environment, we were told like, you know, women have to cover their bodies or they'll make men sin. Men can't control themselves. Wow.
0: That's such like an objectifying, just completely sexist term.
1: I think it's just (laughs) a sad place to be in the world. And if you look at a lot of the problems we're having in the world or, um, you know, the rape culture on college campuses, even in America, Mm -hmm. like, I think we like to think we're so evolved here. Yeah, But there's definitely um, been a lot coming out with the Bill Cosby case and um, Lady Gaga had an Oscar nominated song this year for a movie that was a documentary about rape culture Mm. on college campuses. And so even in America where we think we're very enlightened, there's still such a loaded thing about um, sexuality for men and women. And then especially just as a woman how do you carry yourself in this world sexually without, like, how many people do you sleep with before you're no longer as valuable, hmm. right? Or, or, or you're, you know, now you're a hoe. <laughs> and and, and I, I think it's just um, so interesting because I think it comes from shame. And I don't think it's a problem that men started. I actually think men suffer too. So I think the whole world right now is in a moment of intense suffering because of shame, around our primal sexual nature and until we find a way to merge our psychology and our primal sexuality and um, we'll continue to have these pockets of suffering where there's sexual abuse or sexual violence or just you know if it's not that extreme just people not you know sexless marriage mm-hmm. porn addiction there's a lot of things going on in this world that i feel are unnecessary suffering totally and if you have an audience that's yogis you know i feel the message of the buddha the message of Jesus, the message of any kind of great spiritual icon that we have was like, let's forget all the dogma and let's help people not suffer. Truth. And my background, I went to India for nine years and studied tantra in probably a more real way than most people know about me or that most people who say they would teach tantra or yoga would have any idea. I walked barefoot for two years Hmm. chanting mantras and at some point I said, you know what? I don't I don't care about the dogma. I don't want to preach to the choir. I want the world to suffer less around this deepest human issue. Yeah. And I want everybody, you know, to hear that message. So I stopped fine-tuning to like, or, or, or kind of like teaching it in the traditional way, where mm-hmm. I was attracting spiritual seekers mostly, because I found a lot of them are kind of in a loop, you know, they, they're going to go to my tantra training and then someone else's tantra training. They're like a connoisseur. Exactly. I don't want a connoisseur.
0: Specialized.
1: I don't want a connoisseur. I want someone who wants to break through and change their life. Hmm.
0: So tell me about your ba- breakthrough and how yoga first changed your life because you hinted towards a time when you were sexually abused and mm-hmm. yoga was literally what mended back your body and mended back your mind. It allowed you to be able to transgress that abuse and be able to move on to the beautiful person that you are today.
1: Well, you know, one of the things that I think, and again, if you have a yoga audience, you know, I I think I got tired, even though yoga helped save me, I got tired of feeling judged in the yoga community. Hmm. I felt like yoga is this inherently very sensual process and you'll have... You know, people taking a yoga class and the teacher's pushing their hips back and down dog and people like, ah, and, and, you know, releasing serotonin and dopamine and having essentially their brain is having an orgasm in that yoga class. But again, we don't speak openly. Oh, that's just, you know, that's your nervous system responding to stimulation and it's no big deal. And let's, let's have appropriate boundaries and that's okay. And there's no shame. Mm -hmm. I found there still was like this huge wall of shame in yoga that when I tried to talk about sexuality, you know, people were like, oh, oh, that you're a weird some If you feel anything sexual happening in a yoga class, you're weird. Yeah. And I remember being like, I think you're full of shit. Mm-hmm. And I had male yoga teachers. I was like, I clearly see you utilizing these techniques to create sensual experiences and have a room full of women like falling in love with you as their yoga teacher. Yeah, Every down dog like, ah, it's chemicals. It's chemistry in your brain. And what I believe knowledge is power. So what I say to people is you're having an experience right now where your brain is experiencing deep pleasure.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: You own it. Your body produces that. I'm going to teach you how to do a backbend, and when you do a backbend, a backbend is actually inherently a very like orgasmic experience in your body. Mm-hmm. But when I would say that, people would be like, "Soms crazy in the yoga community. Like she's too sexual." And I was like, "Wow, this feels just like the Christian commune I grew up on. Mm. You know, no one wants to talk about what's really going on, which is that we're all sensual beings. And I think until we own that and we become authentic." And once we own it, we can build appropriate boundaries. But because people have shame, they keep it a secret and they don't build boundaries.
0: Wow. And that's, I, I feel so evident in our community today is that there's no sense of education about what is going on yeah. when you are feeling that chemistry take hold of your body. Right, And you're and there's in... a lot of
1: acting out. How many yoga teachers are having sex with their students? And then, and then if something comes up, they're like, oh, um that that's a reflection of you Mm -hmm. (laughs) and then they start using all this spiritual language like oh I'm sorry when I had sex with you I didn't know it would mean you would um what do they say like project or have expectations of me Mm -hmm. and and it's all a lot of pimp game there's pimp game outside of yoga and now you're a yoga pimp how many yoga (laughs) teachers are running pimp game yeah that they students. probably aren't even aware of themselves. They're running it on their students and they're running it on themselves.
0: So, the so we real, gotta get real. The real, so let's get real. Let's, let's get, get real. real. Um, in, our, in our current <laughs> yoga atmosphere, how do we educate teachers and students so that they can make more educated decisions on how they're moving forward in sexual experiences, whether they're inside classes or outside of classes?
1: You know, I think there has to be literally a climate change because the problem is it goes from the top to the bottom. Mm -hmm. So the way a teacher creates the environment is how their students will respond. And I've literally been on podcasts with other teachers who are like, I don't talk about sex because I don't want to introduce that into the room. And I'm like, but it's already in the room. Mm-hmm. Do you understand? Like, not talking about it again is the same problem that the whole yeah. world has. Ignoring the elephant in the room. Ignoring the elephant in the room is not going to help us have elevated, enlightened, liberated lives around sex or anything else in your life. Mm-hmm. So I think that you know, especially people are interested in yoga, meditation, um, mindfulness that they really need to shake up. They need to get real. I prefer to teach a housewife from the Midwest than mm-hmm. most yoga students. And I have now yoga programs. I've taught over 10,000 people live. I spent nine years specializing with yoga and yogis and people are interested in Tantra and I literally got tired of it. And I said, I'm wasted here. Like my talent is wasted here because they don't want to see the truth. It's, a, you know, it's just like the Christian cult I grew up in. Mm. They don't want to talk about it. They want to be like, love and light, love and light. You know what? Love and light is great. Because life is hard. So you need to lean to the positive and love and light. But if you can't be real and get in the emotional grit of things, like I I don't even want to talk to you. (laughs) You And And a housewife from the Midwest that most yoga people would make fun of is more real on any given day. She'll come in a class and she'll be like, my husband's cheating on me. Or I can't have an orgasm. Or, you know, uh, I'm single. And, you know, that's, I can work with you. You just laid your truth on the table and didn't act like you're too cool for school. And a lot of yoga people are too cool for school now. Mm.
0: So for those of our listeners who are listening and they're totally not too cool for school, (laughs) they know that they're in a place where they feel that they're open to Mm -hmm. learn how to deal with the feelings that are coming up. Because I, I, I would honestly I'm very blessed to have this huge community of yoga listeners mm-hmm. that write me every single day like great <laughs> reviews on the different podcasts that we do, whether it's with Busy and Who's
1: it? shout out to Busy. Yeah, That's Busy my Old sister amazing, from another mister
0: Or or Cochero or, or <laughs> you know Sean Korn like all of these amazing women just speak in their truth well and,
1: and and Sean Korn has a has a very different viewpoint on this than I do mm-hmm. but then again I think we need strong teachers with different viewpoints oh totally um, I, I did an interview with Sean Korn one time and she she doesn't want to touch the sexual piece and I was like well then I guess that's what I'm here for mm-hmm. you know the universe has shipped executed and brought psalm to the world yep. to make people uncomfortable apparently and make and be controversial and talk about what no one wants to talk about the elephant in the room let's talk about sex and let's make our lives actually better how do we bring you know this idea of liberation um, enlightenment and mindfulness to sexuality mm. and people have to be willing that's the first thing
0: totally so first step is the willingness what would first you say first step is willingness are, absolutely are the four next steps towards actually being more mindfully aware Of sexual energy in the yoga room
1: Um, I mean I take people through a very specific process that I've created after 10 years so I mean I went to India full-on like I got initiated into Tantra from my guru and I went back and forth for nine years sometimes two to three months at a time I filmed a documentary working with sex workers in Kolkata um, I like, I was rubbed in ashes of dead people in a ceremony to be initiated into a very specific like form of tantra and meditation. Um, and I boiled that all down into very simple things. Now, I created O-Yoga because O-Yoga is my brand of taking all those things I learned and saying, here's easy steps. Mm-hmm. So what I have people do, number one, no judgment. But no judgment sounds easy. But no judgment about your body, no judgment about your sexuality. Once we get to no judgment, then you can be real and actually put up the appropriate like boundaries. Mm-hmm. Because again, if we're talking about people in the yoga community, I can't tell you how many like young girls or, or just women, grown women, going to yoga classes and like. They're in love with a teacher. They're dating some guy. And they're like, you know, but they're like, well, I guess I shouldn't expect more or. And I'm like, girl, you better expect something. You know, sex is some very strong energy. Yeah. And if we want to use the word karma, karma just means cause and effect. Mm -hmm. Sex is one of the biggest things you can do that will make a cause and effect in your life. So you better walk in knowing here's my expectations. Here's, you know, and, and let me lay them on the table.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Because a lot of the spirituality is a spiritual bypass, especially around sexuality, where people don't say, this is what I want. Mm-hmm. I actually think a lot of times in the yoga community, people have shame around anything to do with power. So, so money, success, sex, these are all things that I think there's judgment and shame and shadow mm-hmm. around in, you know, in the yoga universe, in the whole world, but, but definitely also in the yoga world. Wow. I mean, do do people ever shame you for being successful?
0: I've been, yeah. I mean, on multiple occasions, I've had people, what I would call, you know, chastise me based on my success, not only on Instagram, quote unquote, but my success with my podcast, my success in my yoga practice, period. But you know what
1: we call them haters
0: I, I would like to call them unexistent because um to be honest with you I look you don't at want the to feed them who, your energy exactly look at the yeah. people who are are excited about what I'm mm-hmm. doing look at the people who are supporting what I'm doing look at the people like yourself who I admire who are here you know giving me the time of day to be able to share the beauty of yoga with the world. Mm-hmm. Those people deserve my energy yeah. far more than any of the other people I actually, who are just trying to.
1: I mean, on, on, on that topic, <laughs> since we went there for a minute, mm-hmm. I, I was having a conversation with a girlfriend recently, and I said, when somebody gives me a lot of negativity, I very purposely um, have trained my mind not to think negative thoughts about them. Mm-hmm. And instead I say, bless you up, mm-hmm. and bless you away from me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like, God bless you, Elsewhere. but away from me. <laughs> and so I'm like, I wish you happiness, prosperity, and everything you hope for. Just don't bring your face in my face. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. Don't, totally. don't come make problems. I bless you up in a way. Mm-hmm. And I think, because it is, the universe does work, again, on karma or reciprocity. And if you take negative energy and return it with negative energy it will come back to you again it's like just yeah. bouncing a ball Double. up and down up and down right so i just try 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 to stay very positive yes. and focus on the positive positive. and when people say um you know ah, i'm so sensitive to negative energies you know you you know in the yoga community like, i'm so sensitive now Or what do i do with all these emotions mm-hmm. and i'm like to me i'm like do your practice every day which for me is breath work and visualize a golden like light all around you that negative energy can't even permeate i'm like there at least a mile in every direction 360 from me is a golden light protecting me Mm -hmm. from negative energy and it doesn't mean i still don't feel the reverb yeah because to do what i do i get a lot of judgment Mm -hmm. you know from the yoga world from the regular world i've had and, and in a very real way i've had stalkers i've had there's, you know, sex has been very loaded in my life. Yeah. Which is why it's so important to me and why it's my mission. Mm-hmm. Because I had sexual abuse, because I've had these continuing problems, I'm like, we have to bring this out of the shadow and into the light. It's even, every time I face an obstacle, like a year ago, I had a stalker who like broke in my car and left a meat hook, which was terrifying. Oh my god! Like, I mean, literally your life's fine until you're
3: yeah, your afraid life is threatened.
1: to, your life is threatened and there's a crazy person hunting you. Mm-hmm. And I'm busy all day. I don't have time to think all day about that because I'm trying to accomplish things and that crazy person is only thinking yeah. about, you know, doing crazy horrible things, things to me that I don't yeah. want to think about. Um, but, you know, it's when that happened, I remember having this thought and I was like, my own shame came through. I remember thinking, oh, Sam, it's because you're doing Playboy. Sam, it's because you're talking about sex. It's because of how you dress. And I remember I just interrupted that thought and I was like, that is not true. Because I was molested when I was five, wearing a bonnet and a long dress. Yeah. So it's not what I'm wearing, it's that it's inherently a problem in the world and it's clearly my dharma or my, my role in this world to have faced that from when I was five until now and continually be revisited by it so that I can feel the pain enough to like have empathy to keep trying to bring other people solutions. Wow. to have healthy sexual lives wow. and to not have shame
3: mm-hmm.
1: because I think even that guy who is stalking me probably has deep patterns of shame around his sexuality which is causing him to act out in violent ways.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: So I think, you know, until we get real about sex and sexuality and, and, and drop the shame and stop pretending it's not there again, the elephant in the room, we just see all these patterns keep repeating, but I'm like fully committed before I die this whole chessboard is gonna look different. I'm changing laws. I'm gonna bring sex ed to like if I can't bring it to public schools, I'm gonna have it in a cloud, because That's knowledge beautiful. is power.
0: It's the truth. That is the truth. So you you had mentioned um, a few steps for people to be able to actually talk about sex in class, and mm-hmm. you know one of them was obviously de-shaming it altogether. Yep. Um, now what are some
1: of the De- other? Well, number one, no judgment. Number two, be honest with yourself and own what you want. Like I said, that's what people do with sex. Like, I had a girl write into my Mind Body Green weekly sex column, and she was like, um, You know, I have sex with my boyfriend and I don't have orgasms, but I don't want to say that to him because it seems too personal. And I was like, Okay, like, I'm about to give you some tough love, girl. Yeah. I was like, You already pulled your pants down, you let him put his P in your V. So at that point, it's already been really personal. personal. Now, how crazy is it that we live in a world that that's not personal? Mm -hmm. That's not too personal. Taking off your clothes and being naked and penetrated, that's not too personal. But then having an honest conversation about what you want, that's too personal. So that's the problem is in this world, people are like acting, it's upside down. It's literally upside down because when you really look at it, it's just crazy. It's like, actually, you should have a conversation with your boyfriend about sex and not just keep pulling your pants down and being unhappy,
3: Exactly.
1: (laughs) which is what so many people are doing. So, A, no judgment, no shame around your own sexuality, and then be honest about what you want, and then build healthy boundaries, Mm -hmm. and then use your voice.
0: Use your voice. Wow. And then
1: be in your body and own it.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. So those are the five steps. I think so. Awesome.
1: <laughs>
0: so from there, I, I really I find so often nowadays in a society that people have become desensitized from hmm. sex, or, or maybe it's from. I feel sexual like they weren't acts. sensitized
1: in the first place. Is, like is I, feel, so what happens now is I have people all the time going, "Oh, porn has desensitized people." People weren't were not feeling in the first place. People had shame and were disconnected. I was like, our grandparents were not connected, mm. right? Before porn, our grandparents weren't learning how to be intimate properly
0: yeah. and be
1: connected, like on a deep level. So, what
0: is being connected on a deep level? I
1: think being connected on a deep level to me, it isn't it isn't this romantic idea a lot of people have. It's actually again looking at somebody and being able to say these are my desires. Mm. These, these are the things I want. And I'm going to say it out loud. I'm going to ask you. I'm not going to play some game. I'm not going to role play, you know, masculine, feminine. Like, you're a soul. Mm-hmm. Your soul came here for a purpose. And sexual energy is one of the most powerful energies you have and one of the most loaded energies you have. And if you can't be straight up honest about that, then I think your soul is going to have a hard time living its purpose. Mm. And I see a lot of people ending up putting things in these buckets, you know, it's let's scapegoat porn, let's scapegoat the internet, let's scapegoat, you know, let's, um, everything's or, you know, or, or or I I like get my, one of my biggest annoyances in the world is that whole like masculine feminine, because it's so funny. Like if a woman takes a leadership role or a warrior role, people be like, oh, that's a masculine energy. And it cracks me up because I'm like, do you know what the most aggressive energy on this planet is?
3: <laughs>
1: a a female, female mother. Yep. yep. You, you mess put with a child? any harm yep. in the way of a female and her child. That is the most aggressive and warrior like energy you will ever see in the world. And who exhibits like energy of leadership? Also very female. Mm-hmm. But we have been so brainwashed that there's people running around teaching these courses on like male and female dynamics and the masculine and the feminine and they're just repeating the same corny shit that's been on TV yep. since the 1950s. Yep. And people are so sad and scared and desperate and alone that they'll buy and eat any of the same corny crap that they've been buying forever. But you just put a spiritual label on it. So instead of telling the woman, you know, like, oh, stay at home and cook, you know, you're like, well, the feminine would blah, blah. Mm-hmm. But I, I say... Hey, let's actually logically break down why you call masculine this and feminine this. Tantra that I learned in India, what was so fascinating is that the fire energy was the female. Mm. The energy to desire and to create and to be and, and willfulness um, was female. And the masculine was Shiva, who sat and was the silent observer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I feel that when people say masculine and feminine in pop culture and even spiritual culture, They're saying the exact opposite. They're like, the female energy is passive. The female energy is receptive. Mm -hmm. The masculine energy is the one who's supposed to take action, show leadership. And I I think we're just humans. (laughs) You know, like, how do we get to a level that we're human beings owning our sexuality and not play these like corny role play anymore?
3: Mm -hmm. I feel
1: like it's 2016. Can we wake up? Yeah. Can we, like, you look at countries that are more progressive. Like you go to Norway, they have like naked people and what we would consider "quote unquote" porn at night on TV. Kids grow up watching it. Do they? Ha- their cultures have less rape mm-hmm. and less sexual violence
0: because they're aware of it.
1: Because they just see it; it's normalized. Yeah. And and so when a young boy would grow up watching these like images of naked women, or he knows, you know what? Just because I'm aroused doesn't mean I can't control myself, and I might rape that.
3: Mm-hmm. Actually
1: says. Oh, maybe I'm aroused and I just have to breathe deep and control myself. Is it appropriate? Is it not appropriate? And and so I think we have an a counterpoint to that that's kind of scary as you go to the other side of the world. I was um I was in a refugee camp in Athens and I met um one of the refugees who was a Yazidi, which is he was Christian from Iraq. Mm-hmm. So the other even Muslims there, um, you know, had a bias against him and he said, ISIS came into my village And they raped the women like they were animals, like they were pigs. And they said, they're not real people because they're not, because they're Christian, because they're not our religion. Hmm. So what's so interesting to me, there you see this whole ideology where the women are covered head to toe to respect them. But the minute you don't follow their rules, they just rape them and say, you're not a real person. Hmm. And that's one of, again, there's a lot of this still going on in the world. So what I want to bring is that more progressive, um, you you know, that we—it's already been tested, right? We we have we can see that the places in the world where they're more sexually open, we have less sexual violence and problems. So let's take that and let's scale that. Mm
2: -hmm. So
1: I my goal is to scale sexual education, normalize the like the body, especially the female body. So I do I do things that other people you know just funny, right? I do free the nipple Fridays and Mm -hmm. you know like. I'm like, life is short. You might as well have fun. And i I have a lot more fun when I'm running around naked anyway. I only put on clothes because you know, other people can't handle it.
0: <laughs> yeah, I feel you. I feel you. I, I feel very much so the same way. Right. I often like people always ask me why I practice in small shorts and I'm like, <laughs> Well, the practice of yoga is to free your body and mind. Why right. wouldn't I want to be?
1: I mean, no, I'm least, not. I'm not saying I want to be in a room out. with you where you're doing down dog with your dick out. I'm no, not, I didn't say that. No, Andrew. my
0: my 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 penis is fully concealed <laughs> in my shorts. I promise okay, you that. Okay, thank thank God. I'm
1: tasteful. Thank God. Yes, yeah, he taste, tasteful. See, tasteful. <laughs> it's such a fine line. This is so. So I so saying. <laughs> Because you have to be careful what you wish for, isn't it? If I tell everybody to take their clothes off, I, I don't. There's a lot of people I don't want to see <laughs> naked. I'm going to be fully honest. I know that you know I've been sounding very like I'm taking the high road, but mm. it's true.
0: <laughs> all within taste, yes.
1: all within tastefulness. But but no, I, I mean I, I I do think you know children look at look at little kids running around naked. They're so innocent,
2: mm-hmm. and
1: we've lost innocence. Yeah. Around sexuality so much, and have so much shame, and it's so loaded, and then, again, causing so much unhappiness, sexless marriage, porn addiction, like, you know, all of these things. it's just so crazy to me. So so on my board, you know, it I, I decided we were talking about yoga. I decided I'm not going to focus my efforts preaching to the choir so much in the yoga community. Now, I've created tantra programs that anybody can do. They're global now. Mm-hmm. I did a massive launch with over, like over three thousand people globally. Did my Tantra Touch launch this last June that I partnered with a company called Mind Valley, and they have a global reach and mm. like a list of one point six million. And so I purposely chose, I'm like, how do I find the largest partners yeah. to bring this knowledge and technology so I'm not just stuck preaching to the choir. Yeah. And then I worked with the largest people in the mindfulness category, which is like Mind Valley, Mind Body Green, mm-hmm. they're my partners. And then I worked with Playboy, which is fully mainstream, and some people judge that. And I was like, if I can make someone if somebody goes to turn on Playboy and would normally get, you know, some crap with a woman pretending to have an orgasm and, and I can teach you something real about soulful sexuality all day long. Yeah. I'm not judging that person. I'm here to help that person. I'm here to help the yoga person. I'm here to, I'll i help the Playboy person. I don't care. Mm-hmm. I'm here to help humans. You know, so I did Playboy and now, and then I just did a CNN episode um, with, uh, you know, that's going to come out in the fall. Um, that's on a show that Lisa Ling does and that was really exciting because I'm going even more mainstream Yeah. so I'm fully going mainstream now Hmm. so I kind of like scaled the largest mindfulness categories and then I'm now scaling mainstream and bringing them a better burger mm. when it comes to sex.
0: That's well.
3: I don't
1: eat
0: burgers, but I will eat your ve- ven- well. You'll right. eat a
1: veggie burger. Do you see what I'm saying? The so here's what I'm saying. No. The, the, oh, the V burger. I think there was a dirty joke in there. He said he'd eat my V burger. Uh, was, you know, a it's vegan not. Burger. It's not vegan. It's fully paleo. My my so, vegan burger is fully paleo. The
0: real question is, yes. what is sacred sexuality?
1: I think that sacred sexuality is any, any time that people are, again, in their own awareness, that they're connected on a mind, body, and soul level, mm. first with themselves. No shame. Own your game. Ask for what you want. Don't have hidden agendas. Don't do a spiritual bypass. And it doesn't even matter if they call it like sacred spirituality. Mm. It's just realness. Yeah. You know what sacred is? Realness you know like what people that. have done? They hijack the term spiritual and they use it for spiritual bypass. Real spirituality is know thyself, do no harm, or do as little harm as possible.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: You know what I mean? Like, own your shit. It's exhausting to me. You know, when we hijack these terms, it's like, oh, well I do sacred sexuality. I'm like Mm -hmm. any human being who's willing to look at someone else and be honest, or even just themselves, (laughs) sacred spirituality could be masturbating, you know, just like being real. Yeah. I'm masturbating. I'm so a lot of people like, again, let's talk about like the phenomenon of porn scaling as big as it is. So you know, everybody's like, "Porn's the problem." No, the problem is a lack of education and the same shame we always had. That's now scaled with more availability of porn. But the issue is, you take, you know, you take somebody, you take a boy who's 14, 15, having sexual urges. His biology is: he wakes up, he already's like having wet dreams. Yeah, and then he's got a boner. When he's he wakes already got up, a boner. You know, this is life. You got a wood, no okay. biggie. Okay, and breathe. then breathe. This is where you need Tantra. Inhale, exhale, train your dick. Mm-hmm. We would live in a different world of people if men train their dicks instead of told women to cover their bodies. That's one of my basic tenets. Truth. Can you imagine the world we live in if we actually taught men how to train their dicks?
3: Truth. I,
1: I, <laughs> That's I, sacred spirituality to me. It's, it's, if you can get men to actually own their junk, mm-hmm. <laughs> and women too, but I just mean like... It's it's so crazy to me, but you take that, you take that boy and he starts going online and looking at porn. And if he already had shame and can't talk about it, now he's secretly watching porn. Now he, then he jerks off. Then he has an orgasm. Then he feels bad about it. Then he hates himself. Then he's ashamed. Then he has secrecy. And then that causes more tension, which means he goes and does it again. Mm -hmm. So any behavior pattern like that is happening because the shame, the issue to me is the shame. Yeah. So there's nothing wrong with mastering sacred sexuality can literally start with you, you know, not having shame around your own sexual energy and desires, but then learning to control it, to create boundaries, to be honest with other partners, to be honest with yourself. That's to me, sacred sexuality.
0: Hmm. I like that a lot. I really do. Realness. Realness is the truth. Like Real, the, all that, all, and... hey,
1: Buddha, Jesus, all the great ones, mm-hmm. they came with realness. It's the truth. So... In today's current society, Kanye, <laughs> Ye- Jesus,
0: Jesus, goodness.
1: all the great ones, Ye- Jesus. <laughs> I'm the Jesus. I'm the Jesus, I'm the vagina Jesus.
0: Oh my
3: goodness, <laughs> the Jesus!
0: I
1: came, I can't save, save those vaginas. That's Is it like I, I teach these women, women's weekends where we talk about sexuality? I have, I have one woman, she was 53 years old before she had an orgasm. And what people don't understand, and she was on CNN. They said, can you show us an example of someone who's very relatable? And I was like, see, now people would say, oh, her life was fine. She just didn't have an orgasm. No, her life wasn't fine. Her not having an orgasm was a reflection of so many things in her life Mm -hmm. not being fine. And she started taking my program, and then she came up to me, and she's like, Sam, I had my first orgasm ever. She's 53. She already had kids. She was a grandma. She's hot as well, she's a gilf. okay? <laughs> a Not gilf? a milf, but a gulf. Oh, First of goodness. all, hot as because we did it. I do a laundry photo shoot as part of helping women open up to their sexuality. And she came in in her laundry, and I'm like, this is one of my favorite things, too, is people are like, oh, my God, you look so good. Because, you know, I'm 40, they'll be like, oh, you look so good for 40. And I'm like, bitch, what do you think 40 look like? Mm. Mm. <laughs> Who, what standards? I, yep. I eat good. I do challenge yoga. Challenge your
0: perspective.
1: Challenge the perspective. Because this is 40 if you take care of yourself. Mm-hmm. But people, like, don't, you know, they don't hold high standards or don't expect much. This woman did not expect to ever have an orgasm. Yeah and what happened was when she had her orgasm she everything else in her life changed she had been stuck living in a place and wanting to like move but she was scared she was stuck her, her like creative sexual energy is creative energy so as soon as she's like has an orgasm she's like a week later she sold her house when she she like literally listed it on Facebook and, and just as and was like now I'm gonna have to go get a real realtor It sold within days Wow. Then she moved where she wow. wanted to. Now she's like painting. Now she's one of my coaches. So she's going out in the world and teaching other women. And when we got to the real story, why she couldn't have orgasm, because here's the question, why? And I put people in what I call I have I have a whole sequence when people work with me and one and I do something called a hot seat. And I put her in the hot seat and I had her like identify where in her body she felt uncomfortable when we were talking mm-hmm. about sex and put her hand on that place where she felt uncomfortable and then breathe into that and then describe to me what I call the Polaroid moment. And I said, what do you see? And people always start going like, oh, wow. I'm like, I don't want to hear that. That's boring. Describe what you see visually. And then they go, wow. I'm like, nope, stop. Tell me what you see. And she described that when she was 12 and at summer camp, a 19-year-old counselor had come in and she said, and he made out with me. And I said, okay, how did the other girls treat you after that? And she said, well, they called me a slut. Mm -hmm. So she was slut shamed. And so from 12 years old to 53, she never let herself enjoy sex because this 19-year-old camp counselor kind of had preyed on her. Mm. And then the other girls, instead of defending her or helping her, slut shamed her, and she shut down. Now, she didn't stop having sex. She went and got married. She had kids. She had lots of sex, but no sex she enjoyed. Mm-hmm. no sex you know you are saying people are desensitized people have been desensitized when were they sensitized yeah when is this golden age of humanity where people were having great connected sex and being honest yeah it never existed we have to make it now but so she, she's so she's 53 and when we get to the bottom of that story and then i said okay but her voice was like she's like well he did this and i said you don't sound angry enough to me If he did that to you and those girls slut shame you, I want to, I need you to express your anger to move on, to have a breakthrough. And so I said, I'm going to role play with you because she couldn't do it. Yeah. She had no permission. Do you understand? People have these things locked in their bodies. The issues are in the tissues and they have zero permission
0: to be able to break loose,
1: to say, or even say the fucking truth of what happened to them. I was abused or something like she's been, she felt guilty for that and ashamed her whole life. So she can't say anything. Mm. So then I said, I'm going to role play with you. I'm the camp counselor and I'm standing right in front of you. And she started to get really uncomfortable. Her eyes started like fluttering. She had rapid eye movement, which is good. It means we're about to have a breakthrough about yeah. to reprogram the robot. Mm. So I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm the camp counselor. I'm standing in front of you. I need the 53 year old woman to get in there and tell him what the 12 year old couldn't say. Mm. Cause you're 53 now and you took my program, and you're strong enough, and I need you to, to go pick up that 12-year-old and say to him what she couldn't say. And she said, you, you had no right to put your fingers in my vagina. And I was like, okay. That's certainly an escalation from when she said he made out with her. Mm-hmm. And then she said that she had, you, you had no right to have sex with me, basically. Mm-hmm. So in that moment, we realized she was raped. And she felt ashamed all those years hidden it in herself, was slut-shamed by the other girls, and then from 12 to 53, never had an orgasm and never really got to enjoy sex. Isn't that sad? Yeah. Like, that was stolen from her. So when I say, like, people talk about, and you would normally talk to, like, a therapist or she'd go to yoga class, and people are like, well, everything else is fine, she just can't have an orgasm. No. That is the basic human yeah building block yeah. i promise you how your sex life is is how your whole life is and that's I, the first place to dig in and that's the last place anyone wants to go
0: yeah and because there's so much talk shadow. More about that because honestly there's not only females but a lot of males who i have met who i would feel are sexually deprived sexually deprived and honestly have not understood. i feel so bad for men
1: no honestly i, I i'm going to tell you because it sounds like i'm too. coming from a female I'm, perspective i'm a man
0: and i'm, I'm yeah. like i'm I'm teaching yoga classes mm-hmm. and the, the thing that i get the most is oh my goodness dude like how you must get so much pussy how do you how do you well even first touch of all, all yoga teachers women? do
1: get too much pussy mm. okay no haha let me just say i have a whole thing i'm like there's a loophole in the system that, <laughs> like, a guy who couldn't get all that pussy if he becomes a yoga teacher uh, will get I, it, will rain pussy. Don't say that. Don't say uh, Well, it's wrong. Don't say that. Because, we need to be more aware. Yes. No, but it's true. You know it's the truth.
3: I,
0: however, the, the, fem- I, I however
1: the women, the pussy you're going to get is, is highly argument. neurotic emotionally, my, so you'll pay for argument. it.
0: <laughs> this is my argument that <laughs> men who are more in touch with themselves mm-hmm. will then become more in touch with feminine which is yeah
1: but again here's what I'm my point was you take a bunch of women you stick them in a room you have them do their deep breathing go into down dog they're gonna fall in love with their teacher a lot so if you're a man and you become a yoga teacher if you're real with yourself you'll understand you know what those are the chemicals in their brain but I think a lot of again because there's denial of it male yoga teachers like no no that's not happening because why because they feel guilty why because we can't talk about it Mm -hmm. why because we have shame So back to the original issues again. Yeah. But I mean, really, a male yoga teacher will have a lot of women in his room and a lot more pussy than an average guy. However, like I said, it will be highly neurotic and emotional pussy. Mm -hmm. So you will pay for that pussy. Truth. (laughs) You will pay for that pussy by having to hear long conversations about how intense their emotions are (laughs) and like what the moon is doing right now. Yeah. So you might want to think twice before you go be a pussy pimp in a yoga class. I don't know.
0: Truth. <laughs> Truth be told. Truth, Truth be told. Cause
1: I'll tell you, I'm a female. And when I lead these classes, I see the women, anyone starts looking at you like they're in love with you because you're making their brain work. You know, they're, they're mm-hmm. like serotonin, dopamine. I feel so good. It's her. Yeah. It's Psalm. It's Andrew. And I'm like, Nope, that's you, that's your body, that's yep, your power. Love yourself. I'm giving it to you. I'm telling you how to do it. Now go take it home. Love yourself and like make love to other people. Yeah. But I don't need your adulation. Yeah. I really don't. I just I want you to be free because if you start Here's the thing: If they start adulating you, you're never free.
0: Exactly, and that that's if you fall in love with them, being in love with you, it's empowerment. Yeah, you have to allow that energy to be their empowerment, to allow them to be able to break through their own mental, whatever they
1: be, constructs or projections onto you. Like, because most people are going to come into any therapy session or yoga class and play the mommy daddy game.
0: Yeah, where you have all the answers.
1: Well, because none of us, I think. I mean, there might be a very few people in the world, but most of us weren't given, our parents weren't perfect, right? So all of us have a mommy daddy issue somewhere.
3: Mm-hmm. And
1: then you go into like a yoga class and you project, oh, they're so nurturing, mm-hmm. oh, or they're so caring, or oh, that's the man I never had in my life, or, you know, and, and, and you have to understand that that's just part of their growing yeah you know that they start to see that, become aware of it, and what I do is I always try and give it back to them it's not about me it's about you it's not about me it's about you yeah it's about you you know um, healing your own inner child so and not and not attaching that to me as your mommy or your daddy as a yoga teacher truth like the woman the fifty three year old who had an orgasm, she had to heal her inner twelve year old
0: so with the men that I, I feel they don't even There's a lot of men out there that don't have the constructs and the proper vocabulary to be able to enunciate and articulate what they want in a female. And I feel that there's a lot of women out there that Mm -hmm. don't have the vocabulary or the experience. But I would back
1: that up to saying I think most people don't know how to say what they want for themselves. Mm. So now you've multiplied the problem, right? If I don't know what I want for me... And now I'm running around trying to date. Yeah. That same problem I had in myself, again, has scaled to double because now there's two of us. Yeah. It's like saying, porn isn't the problem. The shame that started before porn is the problem, but porn has created a scale that has escalated. Mm-hmm. Right. So I think men don't know what they, what they want in a woman because they don't know what they want for themselves. themselves. Exactly. And, and again, going back to they're ashamed to admit what they really want And say it out loud. We've all been conditioned to play these silly, corny role play games. Mm -hmm. And it's very difficult to break free from that. But that's what has to happen. Because until you know what you want and you can own it and then ask somebody for it. No, as a man, you don't know what you want from women. And as women, you don't know what you want from a man. Because you don't even know what you want for yourself. You can't even tell yourself the truth.
0: So, my next question is, Mm -hmm. what are three tips that you can give to our listeners, man or female, to help them learn what they want for themselves first, and then what they want in a relationship second?
1: Um, I would say, you know, I take people through that exercise. So, I say identify your sex route, number one. So, that's an exercise I take people through.
0: What is a sex route?
1: So, what... Environment did you grow up in? Was it positive to sexuality? Was there a lot of shame around your sexuality? Identify your parents' attitudes about sex. Your if you grew up in a religion, the attitudes about sex, the school you grew up in, everything leading up to puberty is very informative. So, kind of even knowing, huh? You know, just last week I I I did a, a TV show for Playboy as a guest sex expert, and this girl's one of their models running around the room naked. She looks super open sexually, right? Mm-hmm. She's naked. She's running around. everybody like, "Oh, what a sexy girl!" She comes up to me. She's like, "I have to ask for your help." She's like, "I have veget." It's she cannot have sex. She has a condition that one in two thousand women have, that like her vagina clamps down, the muscles clamp down, and she cannot be penetrated. Wow. Yes. So that's very. But here she is naked on Playboy. Mm-hmm. So outside she looks very sexually open. Yeah. and she said to me I don't know why and I went to the doctor and he gave me a kit but it made me feel bad about myself like I'm broken Aww. and I said don't worry I've worked with a lot of people who've had this first of all the one of the first things I say to people is normalize things you're not alone there's no shame there's a lot of people like you that's one of the first things I always say again no judgment no shame especially around sexuality you'll have 10 people in a room with the same issue all sitting there going i'm the weirdo i'm the pervert or i'm i'm the broken girl you know and and yet there's so many of you Mm. so the first thing i try and say is understand there's lots of other women just like you they may not be playboy she's an extreme example because she's doing playboy right running around naked but can't have sex literally running around naked and her vagina can't open Mm. like think about that that is deep yeah there was a dirty joke there too, but I'm not gonna tell.
0: I, I I understand. Yes, can't
1: but can't go deep. Um and so but what so it was so so I started talking to her and I sent her my women's jade egg tantra course. I said, I'm gonna give you my course for free and basically she's gonna learn to start breathing and identifying the issues mm-hmm. and then um, doing root lock, So that's how I teach people how to, you know, um, squeeze. Yeah. You know, the secret squeeze. Yeah, the problem with, you know, in yoga, people say mulabanda, but again, because they're ashamed to talk about sex. Yeah. They're like, oh, it's like at your belly button. Yeah, like, rather I wa- than... Dude, I went to Indians. <laughs> I, I went and sat in like with dread dreaded like yogis and smoked opium and like read the really old scriptures and I promise you, like they were like, squeeze your vagina, yep. squeeze your penis muscles. Yeah. The oldest texts... But Hatha Yoga Pradipika. Mm-hmm. The first thing you learn to do is control your pelvic floor yeah. before you learn any other asana. Mm-hmm. And now in America, people are like, "Oh, the Upanishads. The Upanishads have nothing to do with physical yoga." yoga. Exactly. Do you understand? The oldest text on physical yoga is called the Hatha Yoga Pradipika, and the first thing it does is say, "Train your pelvic floor, mm-hmm. train your penis, train your vagina. Learn what you wa- learn, why you have this desire. Control your sexual energy." Own it. Be honest. Yep. Right. The a number one before you do a backbend, before you do down dog, you know, like train your pelvic floor, train your sexuality. That is the number one thing in old school yoga. Yeah. And it, and it has been again at least three thousand years of systematic repression, oppression, and shaming around sexuality mm-hmm. that has broken that.
0: So tell me a little bit about the oldest text of yoga that actually speaks about right. the root lock.
1: Well, well, it's, it's not even that it speaks about the root luck. What is so crazy to me again is that we live in an upside down world with these elephants in the room and you have people walking around going, this is what yoga is. And they don't even know what yoga is. (laughs) Like, like they studied from teachers in America who were passed down certain texts. Mm -hmm. I was very curious. So I went all the way to India. I was like, no, no, take me to your leaders. I'm going to go dig into the deepest, oldest roots of this stuff. Yeah. And what I found is the oldest text on physical yoga or Hatha yoga, which when you say yoga, most people, that's what they think it means. Yes. Was called the Hatha Yoga Pradipika. Mm -hmm. And the Hatha Yoga Pradipika, the very first thing you learn to do is how to separate the three parts of your pelvic floor. It's not just root lock. Mm -hmm. So you learn how to control the urethra muscle. So for men or women, that would be the tip of your penis or the tip of your vagina, how to pull that muscle in and up. And lift that energy to the crown of your head and send it back down. Then you learn what we call root lock, which would be the PC muscles for men or the kegels for women mm-hmm. and how to pull those muscles up. And so you feel this little like internal turn on, yeah. which in in Sanskrit would be your kundalini mm. or your shakti, getting engaged. But that turn on makes you a more creative, more electric, more bright human being with more energy. Yep. So again, the sexual energy isn't about sex. And then they taught you how to do Ashwini Mudra, which was um, for the, for your anus and how to squeeze that muscle. And before you were allowed old school yoga, before you could do down dog or any physical asana or sun salutation, Surya Namaskar, you had to learn to control these three parts of your pelvic floor.
3: Hmm.
1: So how fascinating is it that that's now the last thing anyone would ever learn? And, and why? Because of shame around sexuality, because yeah. of the shadow around sexuality. Tables have been turned. Tables have been turned and then people are repeating misinformation is what I saw. And then, and then I, like I said, then I come in and they're like, Oh, Sam, you're so crazy talking about sex. And I'm like, actually, I'm just old school. I'm as old school as you get. <laughs> like I went all the way back to the oldest text. And I, I said, I see a lot of people taking yoga trainings now. And they'll t- say, oh, the, you know, the, um, the Vedic texts, the Upanishads, you know, like, um, yeah. they act like those are the OG yoga texts. They're they're Those were for seated meditation. Exactly. That's why they don't talk about your body. Yeah. They were for Raja yoga or learning to leave your body.
3: Exactly.
0: Now I believe, traveling.
1: I believe that unfortunately that is the whole tilt that happened where we became disembodied. So the whole world took a patriarchal turn, historically, like 3,000 years ago, where everybody started valuing being disembodied over being embodied. And what makes you embodied is the feminine energy of sexuality, so that got demonized. Mm. And then all these spiritual, like Judaism, Christianity, even Hinduism, Buddhism, they all became very masculine. And people haven't even really noticed because the bias is so strong. You never question the bias you're born with. Yeah. So again, they're like, oh, well, that's the way it is. But actually what the bias is, is that I have a, it's a problem being in a human body. My sexuality is a problem. I'm ashamed of it. So I really just wish I could spiritually bypass everything. Hmm. I wish I could just like disembody myself all the time. And that's where you meet people who, you know, do yoga and go on juice fests and they're just not actually grounded. Yeah. Totally. And they think they're so, they're like, I'm so present. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you are not present at all. Yeah, you're up there in the Dude, clouds. First of all, you can't carry water for anyone.
0: Mm.
1: You, do you know that term?
0: Not exactly.
1: Say So carrying water is from like African villages so or Indian. So go back to a time when if you lived in a village, the village needs water. Yes. And they had to go get water and carry it on, on their, their heads. Head. Yep. Not everyone was strong enough to carry water. Mm. Some people carried more water for other people. Yeah. So if you're somebody who's meant to carry water, you know, that's I yeah. believe I'm here to carry a lot of water. Truth. And Truth. so whenever I start feeling sorry for myself and I'm like, "Oh, people are judging me or oh, I had a rough day being a sex expert." <laughs> you know, I'm like, "Some, you're here to carry water." Yeah. Go go lift more weights tomorrow. You Make your hamstring strong cuz be you better ba- guess what? Get stronger when life gets tough. You get stronger. Get stronger. And when negativity comes at me, make more positive energy. Like, literally, manufacture it. That's I, I, I manufacture I pop, but I manufacture positive energy. Yeah. Like, right now, wait, hold on. Talk about Mulavanda. I am now squeezing my Kiko muscles tantrically. <sighs> I just manufactured a lot of positive energy. <laughs> Not just for me, it's starting to fill the whole room. <laughs> and I do this all the time. You're welcome, world. You're welcome.
0: <laughs> and your smile is contagious for
1: sure. But I mean, I'm I think that the—I mean, like we're talking about sex, but really we're talking about human evolution. So again, like if your soul came here to do something, if you have a purpose, which I believe every everyone does, but a lot of people are drinking Nyquil.
3: Mm-hmm. A
1: lot of people don't want to wake up, or they wake up, but they stay in the same kind of pattern, right? So it's like you know, you take someone who was never allowed to express their trauma. That 53 year old woman could never talk about that subject, but then they'll go to therapy and they start talking about it. And then they define themselves by that. I'm the person who had that trauma. I'm the person who had that trauma. That's why I can't do this. That's why I can't. And I'm like, my trauma was my trajectory. You know, I had a moment this year on my birthday. I gave a talk for mind body green at revitalize. And I was sh- I'd like, Peeing my pants on the way to do it. Because I was like, I'm going to tell this in a way I never have. It's not interesting to me if it's not my edge. I tell people, I am not on the razor's edge. I am the blade. Mm. (laughs) You know, like we are bringing a paradigm shift no one has seen. Therefore, if you are not peeing your pants, you are not awake. Straight up. Okay.
0: I always say, if you're not living life on the edge, then you're taking up too much space.
1: But I was like, I'm not even on the edge, I'm the blade. (laughs) I'm the machete. I'm clearing the way for the others who can come after easier. Mm -hmm. But I, I was going to give this talk, and one of my coaches, who's coached like, I don't even know how many millionaires and billionaires, he goes, here's the difference between people who get things done, executors, and people who don't, who always have their dreams that are never accomplished. Because the difference is, the people who execute execute while they pee their pants Mm. he goes he's old school he's like I was in the army he's like I was in the army and there was a day where we had to like practice throwing grenades and you can't practice throwing grenade except by throwing a grenade and he's like there were days that people would get blown up and die practicing (laughs) throwing a grenade you weren't even at war but that's the only way to learn and he said he said you would stand there he's like it doesn't matter if you pee your pants you're gonna learn how to do this Mm-hmm. Right, and he said, "People who execute the people you see doing the things you wish you were doing, or living the life you wish you lived, or being the entrepreneur that you wish you were." I, I, wa- I walked onto stage to give a talk, and I'm like, "Sam, you can pee your pants, but you're gonna get up there and do it." Yeah, because and if I'm not close to peeing my pants, it's probably not interesting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, but it's like, luckily, I didn't really pee my pants. But you know, like just that feeling of t- of raw like terror of my own psyche yeah, being like a new, like layer of my psyche being peeled open Mm. is like, and, and, and having that vulnerability or like, oh, that raw moment. Totally. So intense. And I, and I went on that stage and I gave a talk. And in that talk, I was very clear that it was my father who molested me and that I don't always share that because sometimes it's so heavy that other people can't hear the rest of my message. You know, so it's not even about me a lot of the time. But I made that choice in that talk because I said it is actually again very common that it's a family member. And then so even within the world of sexual trauma, people say I had sexual trauma, but then it's even harder to say it was your own family. So in destigmatizing and de shaming, I was like, the reason why I'm gonna say that, it's not I wanna punish my father, it's not that I wanna like I'm saying this to give permission. To anyone else and there's a very large percentage, one in three women at least have had sexual trauma or abuse and a large percentage of that is from their own family members so I was like I'm up here to I'm saying that to give you permission I'm saying that I'll put myself on the front line I'll be incredibly uncomfortable giving this talk, I'll cry in the room before I go there but I'm going to get on that stage and I'm going to give this talk for everyone else mm. who this can be useful to because I certainly didn't live through everything I lived through to not be of purpose to other people. You know, there's that, there's that one song, right? there's a rap song, he's like, he's like I'm on fire because I've already been to hell and back. Straight up. So I got up and I gave that talk and I went back to my room and it was my birthday. And I said, what an elegant universe. Like, I truly believe the universe is so elegant. When you, If you wake up and you want to live your soul's purpose, this elegant universe sends you storyline after storyline and player. Like, you know, <laughs> oh, I'm going to introduce you to so-and-so. Yep. Because it's elegant. The universe is a beautiful, elegant movie. That is true. And we're all here playing these roles. And once you really wake up and want to do it, and you execute your role, whether you're peeing your pants or not, Mm -hmm. that's when really interesting scenes start happening. You're like, oh... Now I'm moving. Like, my ca- <laughs> like, before that, you're like the character who's like, why can't I get out of this one scene? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> over and over again. Over the
0: wall. Yeah, or you're like, you're like,
1: why do I keep dating women I don't like? Why do I keep dating? Why can't I attract a man I like? And those is where people are a, a broken record. Yeah. Scoot
3: a
0: little. But,
1: like, I'm saying the minute, back, 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 back. Uh, the minute right that now. people actually, like, wake up, mm-hmm. you will start having new scenes in your movie. And the movie gets interesting. Other than that, you're like replaying the same old show. <laughs> but I, I go back to my room and it was very intense. I give this talk and people were coming up and hugging me after. Yeah. But I was like, it wasn't that I was just like, I'm raw right now. And then I went to my room after everybody like came up and hugged me and were like, oh, we're so moved by what you said. and And it's almost like. Yeah, I'm so glad they're moved, but like I myself saw them in this little body, and like uh, feeling very like exposed. Yeah. And, um, and so I went up to my room and I sat there, and it was like, at this moment, it was almost like all of that lubricated a breakthrough for me, because I had gotten an email from my father that morning, which I do once a year, on my birthday. Where he basically, he won't meet me in person. He's the one who abused me, but he won't meet me in person because he's hiding. And he, um, and he sent me a thing saying, I'm sorry I wasn't a better father. But to mm. me, that's still, I'm like, but all I've asked you for is now to sit down and have a cup of coffee and have closure. And if you can't do that, I don't want this email.
3: Yeah,
1: You know what I mean? Like, this is still about you, not me. So I'd gotten that email before I went on stage. You know what I mean? Like, that could have broken me years yeah. ago. But I saw the email. I was like, I'm going to execute whether I'm peeing my pants or not. I'm here to give this talk. It's like I'm going to go do that. I did it. I came back to my room and I had a moment. And I literally, without thinking, pulled out that email and I sent him a thing. I said, I, you know, what you did is not okay. And I will spend the rest of my life and every day of my life fighting that no one else ever has to experience sexual trauma. Everything I do, I will fight for that. I will put myself on the front line for that. I will be the machete. <laughs> but I said, I also acknowledge that you made me who I am so thank you for that yeah so even the people who caused us I think our greatest harms are sometimes the person who made us into superheroes
0: truth be told
1: so not that I would say that so no spiritual bypass like that's okay and it's okay what he did no it's not okay but it happened And, and because it happened and because I didn't buckle and because I wasn't crushed by it, even though I almost, well, I was suicidal. I, I was like, I almost died. And then something woke up and we said, no, no, you're not here to die. You're here to change the world and yourself. And after that, I was like, then it's simple. You know what I mean? Every single day I know what I'm here to do when I wake up. Because if that didn't take me down, nothing's taking me down. Mm.
0: That's beautiful that that experience made you the strong woman that you are today? Well.
1: <laughs> I am what I am. Yeah. <laughs> right? that's, I sometimes, like, know thyself. That's like the Popeye, right? Yeah. I'm not, you know, that's what I was saying. Know who you are. Be authentic. Be real. The Greek, the Greek philosophers had this really great thing. They said, like, so every, every spiritual philosophy is just a Socratic method. Mm-hmm. So the Greeks had a Socratic method and they would say, know thyself. So I feel like I'm not perfect, but I know myself. You know what I mean? I know what drives me. I know when I see myself going in the wrong direction. You know what I mean? Like, yep. cause I'll, cause I, you know, and I try and sometimes I don't, sometimes I actually have a blind spot, but then I try and know I have a blind spot. Yep. You know what I mean? Like, don't be ashamed to admit who you are, what you're doing, what your deeper drivers are. You know, and some of my very deep drivers come from those old traumas. So I try and like know them, pay attention to what I'm doing with them. Am I pointing it, am I pointing that in a direction to be positive and useful to myself and other people? Or am I pointing that accidentally in the direction to, you know, like have addictive behaviors or self destructive behaviors? And I try and just be aware of that. Mm. But again, I think you have to first be real. Yeah. You have to be willing to say, I have certain tendencies, habits, behaviors, deeper drivers.
0: So this segues us into what I would call like just the golden nuggets, like the things that you would share to. I've given the so many golden here. nuggets already. You've asked me I for know. tips and
1: tricks. We, I you mean, know, what you know, more do you want from me, Andrew? All I, all I want more is golden nuggets. Just the last
3: one,
0: <laughs> the last one that you can give to our listeners to help them.
1: Just own it, baby. Yeah. Golden nugget, hashtag own it. Own it. No judgment, no shame, be real, know who you are, identify like the roots of your driver's desires, you know, your sexuality, be real about it, own it, and then go get what you want for real instead of replaying and rehashing and reenacting broken scenes you know, from these places in your life that you still haven't owned. That's my golden nugget. Hashtag own it and go get it.
0: You hear that, yoga revealers? The golden nugget has been revealed. Own it
1: and go get it. We are all... And ask for it. (laughs) And then touch yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Treat yourself. We
0: are all better. Hashtag treat
1: (laughs) yourself.
0: Hashtag treat yourself. To
1: To a sacred tantric orgasm you can find you know tantric videos on my website and hmm, where level up your game you? I, what, my friend my friend who he, uh, he published my course on Valley, and he's like so Som, would you say tantric sex is like going from coach to first class and I said no actually I said go, tantric sex is like going from coach to a private jet mm. <laughs> or an interstellar aircraft to Ooh. outer space Yes.
0: We're going on SpaceX. It's
1: it's so good. It's Mm. SpaceX, baby. Mm.
0: (laughs) Well, thank you so much for your knowledge and your wisdom today. We truly Mm -hmm. appreciate you shining the light on sexuality Mm -hmm. and making that sexuality soulful.
1: Thank you so much. Yeah, and and, and people can find me on my website, SalmaZadora.com. I have... I have something for all your listeners, so you can go to www.freetantragift.com. If you want to learn a little bit, a tasty tidbit, a little appetizer about Tantra, you can go to freetantragift.com, and then you can find me on Facebook, IG, Snapchat, everywhere. I'm just Psalm Isadora.
0: Well, thank you so much. Mm -hmm. Seriously. It was an absolutely wonderful conversation, (laughs) and I look forward to... An even more beautiful
1: evening. Well, and, and thank you for I think you know having the conversation. I you know I like that you are bringing a realness to I think a lot of this yoga community.
0: Well, this is who I am, and I can't be anyone else but myself. Well, and don't been, stop now. I've been very. Don't very stop. Blessed.
1: Get it. Get I'm it. Very. Blessed. Don't stop. Get it. Get it. I'm getting it. You get it. You <laughs> get and keep getting it. And everybody at home, that's the golden nugget. Own it and get it. Mm.
0: Thank you for tuning in to the Yoga Revealed podcast. You can learn more about Psalm and her upcoming classes and trainings worldwide at her site, psalmisadora.com. Thank you for tuning into this outstanding episode and for being a part of this conscious community. I truly appreciate you for your dedication to supporting positive expansion and true empowerment. Knowledge is power. Let's spread it. Share this episode with a friend. Until next time, yogis, live light, shine bright. Namaste.
2: Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands.